You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. I was in a recent conversation with a person and uh, asked how they view the American church. They said to them, it feels like the American church is all about rules that don't love people. As a church community, not just in one church, but in North America, how can we together move from being known for law uh, and rules to being known for love? How do we individually move from a, a divided life toward an undivided and whole life? To explore some of the answers to living a whole and undivided life, I'd like to explore a commonly known story uh, that Jesus told and look at the difference between circles and lines. Last week, we looked at the idea of COVID being like a wildfire. Uh, That had a a lot of impact on the church. Um, Two of the impacts were a revealing effect and an accelerating effect. Um, revealing maybe some things that are um, unhealthy or broken within the church. And then acceleration had an impact in and around the church uh, of living in a post-Christian world where there's um, maybe resistance to church or just kind of a irrelevance of church to culture. Um, More and more, uh, Christian leaders are moving out of the center and toward the margins in their influence. And that's a big change for a lot of Christians and churches culturally. We've been exploring different layers of Jesus' story about the Good Samaritan to help us as a church live lives of love in our world and for our world. If you remember last week in Luke chapter 10, it says this, a legal expert stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus replied, what is written in the law? How do you interpret it? Because this guy is a religious lawyer. Um, He knows the Torah, the Bible, really well. He's all about law. So Jesus asked him, well, what's written in the law? How do you interpret it? He responded, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus said to him, you've answered correctly. Do this and you'll live. But the legal expert wanted to prove that he was right. He couldn't let it go. So he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Time out real quick. This question is a boundary question. It's a question about where to draw the line or where do we draw the lines? Essentially, the lawyer, this religious lawyer, is asking, where do I draw the line at who I have to love as my neighbor and who I allow to be my neighbor? Now, if you remember, Jesus' answer to the lawyer's question Um, who is my neighbor, comes in the form of a story about two religious leaders who see a wounded, half-dead man on the side of the road, and then they walk by. A Samaritan walks by and sees the same wounded man and goes to him and helps restore the man to health. I want to focus on this key layer from this biblical story for our conversation today. At the end of their dialogue, after the story of the Good Samaritan is told, And the lawyer listens and the crowd listens. Jesus asks this powerful question. What do you think 
Which one of these three was a neighbor to the man who encountered thieves? The following statement from the lawyer is so powerful, so profound. The legal expert said, the one who demonstrated mercy toward him, the one who showed mercy. This is a huge moment. The lawyer is realizing that he's been asking the wrong questions. Remember this question to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who's a neighbor to me? But Jesus is showing him that he's asking the wrong question. The question isn't who's a neighbor to me. The question Jesus asks, which one do you think was a good neighbor? It decenters the lawyer. It takes him out of the center of, the st- of, of his question. Jesus in the story of the Good Samaritan shows us that we are not the center of love. Love centers us around others. Put simply, the lawyer realizes he's been living a divided life, a life of drawing lines. I think some of the people listening in on this conversation were maybe having the same kind of aha moment, realizing they were also drawing lines with the way they looked at loving their neighbor. Jesus moves us from drawing lines to drawing circles. Lines divide and exclude. Love or circles of love unify and transform. I think the lawyer and the folks in the crowd start to think, how many lines have I been drawing in my life? You could just see them thinking about this. How many people have I excluded? How many wounded and broken people who have been on the side of the road, in my family, in my synagogue, in my city, um, have I been walking past? And as the lawyer and as the audience and maybe us ourselves think through this, where have I been drawing the lines and walking past people and not loving my neighbor? You know, Jesus says these words, go and do likewise. And that challenge is, is also like an invitation of saying, hey, like you've been drawing lines, but you don't have to continue doing that. And so it begs the question of how do I learn to move from drawing lines to drawing circles of love? How do I decenter myself so that I can love those that God has put me around? So I want to talk about the difference between lines and circles, and I want to talk about a divided life. Um, I see three key ways that we draw lines in our world. Often we draw lines between people in our world and through people. We draw lines through our own life. And lastly, we can draw lines through our own hearts. This amounts to living a divided life, divided hearts, divided lives, and divided people. Let's talk about lines between people and what's up with that. So what can happen in human relationships is uh, when we draw lines, we really say, well, who's on one side and who's on the other? Um, But often when we look at people, we might even bring it down to the individual level and say, you know, I'll accept these aspects of you, but not these. This side is good. This side is bad. I like this aspect of you and I don't like this. So we have this immediate desire to conform people to what we want, what we like. And when people begin to conform to that, it's very, very quickly we start to have these different tribes. Like you have a line between people. So when we say to somebody, like, I accept this aspect of you and I reject this aspect, this is where contempt and disdain and shame come in. This is where you start pushing people, you know, to different tribes. Um, And this is conditional love. I'll I'll love you, excuse me. 
I'll love you as long as you do this. I'll accept you as long as you get rid of these things that I don't like about you. I've seen marriages and families and organizations um, function this way, and they, the, their language is the language of lines rather than the language of love. So when we live this way and function this way in our lives, our families, our institutions, we live in a world that learns to be loved based on the lines that are drawn for us that we draw for ourselves and others. People don't only draw lines through people, but this is what divides people, as we mentioned. Uh, Lines between families and ethnicities and class and political party, gender, tribe, it divides us into who's in and who's out. And the effects of these lines, when we draw lines, I agree with this part of you and I don't accept this part of you, you're, you're over here and you're over here, you're in, you're out forces people to fit into these lines and conform uh, into either our image, if we're the ones trying to get people to be what we want them to be, or it conforms to somebody else's or some other group's uh, ideals and standards. And we become, in some ways, kind of like a godlike force, conforming people to our will, our image, our life, our ethic, our belief. In this way of thinking, everybody has to agree with you to be accepted by you rather than the way Jesus does things, which is he accepts people even if he doesn't agree with what they do or what they're saying. You don't have to agree with somebody to accept somebody. Disagreement has its place, and there is such a thing as truth or being wrong, but our love doesn't have to hinge on how right or wrong somebody is, how well they fit into the lines that are drawn. Follower of Jesus is called to be compassionate just as our Heavenly Father is compassionate. We're like the Good Samaritan who saw the man on the side of the road and had compassion. The, the way God is toward us, we are to be toward the world. We also draw lines through our life. Many of us live divided lives. We have drawn a line between our inner world and our outer world. Somewhere along the line, you know, for maybe when we were a kid, We built a wall between our soul and our roles in life. This is the division between our being and our doing. When we want to bring our soul to the world, but somewhere along the line, again, usually when we're young, we begin to kind of hide and conform because we want to be safe. We want to be secure. And and I can't bring this. I feel like bringing my soul, it's not going to be safe. And many people live quiet lives of desperation trapped by the interior walls that they or those around them have helped build. Fearful, tired, anxious, exhausted, carrying shame and guilt, never being able to bring their whole self to their roles as a father, as a mother, as a professional, as a neighbor, or even as a friend. How awful would it be to go through our whole lives always having this division from our being and our doing, our inner life from our outer life, never fully bringing our whole soul to our world. Many people hide behind these walls that they and others have created. The outside might look fine to everybody else. The label might look perfect, but internally there's a price to pay. What gain is it? What good is it to gain the whole world but forfeit your soul? Jesus shows us a way to live in the world uh, with wholeness between our being and our doing, to reconnect our soul with our roles in life. And let's talk about the the third thing, the lines through our hearts that get drawn. 
Many of us live with divided hearts, sometimes without knowing it, um, dividing our souls from Christ uh, or somehow compartmentalizing and walling off aspects of our life from God. This is the wall that we, we put between our deepest selves and the creator of all things, the giver of all life. Many people get distracted, craving the gifts of God, but not the giver, or we compartmentalize uh, these things that we want to separate and have for us from God, only letting God into certain areas at certain times when we really, really need Him, but we like to be able to be in control of that. And we follow and serve many small gods, and occasionally we follow and serve Christ when it's sometimes more convenient. We follow and serve money, popularity, politics, relationships, uh, things that give us what we want for fleeting moments, and we serve anything that may give us the significance, the security, the identity that we crave, but we're trying to find it outside of Christ. Or maybe we've walled off ourselves completely from God, don't want anything to do with God, with Jesus, with faith. All these smaller gods or these controlling desires promise us the life that we want, the lives that we feel that we deserve, but they never seem to deliver it. And yet all these things that we chase after and thirst for and never satisfy our thirst, these things are like drinking salt water in a desert. We only get thirstier the more we drink. Separating our hearts from Christ separates us from the water that would actually truly satisfy our thirst. This is what it is to live with a divided heart. And Jesus shows us a way of freedom, a way to live wholeheartedly in our world. So how can we move away from divided lives toward whole lives? How can we uh, begin drawing circles rather than drawing lines? Let's go back to the story with Jesus and this lawyer and the story of the Good Samaritan. When you think of this lawyer, what's his answer to Jesus' question? Like, what do you think about the law? What do you think about gaining eternal life? And the guy says, love God with everything you have and love your neighbor. Jesus says, yeah, go do it. And the guy says, but who's my neighbor? There has to be some divide in his heart, some line drawn through his heart. If he can talk about loving God, but really not know how to love his neighbor. Divided people divide people. And so in the story of the Good Samaritan, naturally the religious person would relate to the religious people who are walking from temple to home and they've got a clear set path and here's the path of religion and here's what I'm supposed to do, here's the rules what I'm, what I'm supposed to do and here's the rules and what I'm not supposed to. The lines are just so clearly drawn and they're, they're drawn religiously, culturally, um, like what he should touch and not touch that would make him religiously unclean. And what does it say about our love of God and about our heart for God if our religion, the lines we've drawn around our religion and our ethnicity, prevent us from actually loving the way God loves? Something has been dividing our hearts. And that, that leads to this division of soul between who we are, our being, and our role. And you see that, in, I think, in the lawyer and in the story where you have those religious leaders who are real people, but are they acting like a real person? Who sees someone who's hurting and not moved by compassion? See, when we make something into a god or an idol, or, you know, like, like even religion, it dehumanizes us. And there's something 
there's a disconnect between what we are and this inner being and our role in in society, our role with our families, our roles as human beings. So you see like there's a division of soul and role even within this story, but there's a wholeness with the heretic. <laughs> the good Samaritan is able to love beyond these, these lines for religious people, for these lines for people who... And you don't even have to be religious to be religious. I mean, I know someone, people who aren't religious about religion, but the religious about politics, the religious about their work, the religious about like who's in and who's out. People who draw lines, um, we, we struggle. We struggle being able to, to live wholeheartedly and to connect our soul to our role, to bring our whole self to any given moment. And then lastly, we see begrudgingly when he admits that the Samaritan was the good neighbor. The lines have been blurred. Like love has decentered him and decentered the lines that he's drawn and decentered his, his religion and his, uh, all of his rituals. And when Jesus draws a circle around this line-drawing lawyer, he's realizing that he's being loved by Jesus completely as he is. But in the same moment, he's being shown a whole new world. And this is, I think, enabling him to learn how to love bigger and greater and better than any set of lines that religion may have been drawn for him, any that he may have been been drawing himself. He sees a new way. Jesus shows us what unconditional real love looks like, that it's the love of the Father, that we are loved by the Father. We're led by the Spirit. And the Spirit is helping us learn to be loved like Jesus. <clears throat> when we are loved by the Father, this is a, a love that God draws a circle around the whole you. He doesn't just accept parts of you and reject the others. He, he calls you a son or a daughter and loves all of us, not just part of us. The good, the bad, and the ugly, God draws a circle around all of us. In fact, the whole world, it says in John 3.16, God doesn't just accept some better version of you. God doesn't just accept some future better version of yourself that's crushing it. He doesn't just love some past version of yourself that was better than you are now and healthier and wealthier than you are now. He doesn't love some unattainable better version of you. You are utterly loved by God. In a world that is earning and yearning and preserving love through what tribe they belong to, what they've accomplished, how smart they are, and what other people say about them, and how beautiful they can make their life look like on the outside, God looks at us, all of us, and says, you're my child. I love you. Unconditional love. We're loved by the Father. Jesus shows us God's unconditional love, that God accepts us as we are, but doesn't leave us as we are. And I think we see this picture in the Good Samaritan where he finds this broken, bloody person and picks them up as they are, where they are, and then brings them toward health, gets them healing. And we see that work in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is often called the Spirit of Christ, and it's leading us toward Christ. And the Spirit is guiding and convicting and changing. And so there, there is a place for us to grow and to change and to heal. And, and the one thing is to remember is that we're not the Holy Spirit. We're not the Spirit of Christ. God uses us and we can join what the Holy Spirit is doing. But it's okay to love somebody and allow God to do His work that only He can do in their life. 
God accepts us as we are, but doesn't leave us where we're at. The Holy Spirit begins doing his work. That means you and I can't change anybody on our own. In fact, if we try to draw circles around people, we're just going to turn them into lines if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit and trust the Holy Spirit to do his work. And when the Holy Spirit starts doing his work in the circles that we've drawn or the circles God has drawn around us in our life, um, we and others begin learning how to become love like Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved this world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Another translation of this, according to lines and circles, might be, for God so loved the world, he drew a circle around it of unconditional love. He didn't come to draw lines through the world and judge it, but to save it. And Jesus also said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. If we want to know what God is like, we look to Jesus. If you want to know what love looks like, look to Jesus. If we want to know what God's voice of wisdom sounds like, we listen to the voice and teachings of Jesus. Some people center their lives on a temple, a religion, on the Bible, on philosophy, their feelings, their desires, their influence, acquisition, achievement, you name it. All these things can be good things, but they're not God. I believe Jesus is the primary lens to help us put all these good gifts of God in the rightful context with the giver, God the Father. At Garden City, we have a vision to be a church that centers everything on Jesus. In the story of the lawyer, in the story of the Good Samaritan, you have a man who centered his whole life on the Torah and the scriptures and the synagogue and religion. And yet this expert of the law learns that he needs to listen to the voice and teachings of Jesus to be able to understand the scriptures and know how to practice love, how to draw circles, how to receive love and give love. So I want to encourage you to turn your lines into circles. Would you join us over the next few weeks as we look specifically, each week we're going to be looking at how do we reconnect our soul to Christ? How do we reconnect our soul to our roles in life? And how do we connect with people soul to soul and live an undivided life of wholeness with Jesus. Guys, I love you so much. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.